and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and I apologize for the four-week absence between my last episode and this one. I hit a wall. I think I experienced a mild depression. I'd been traveling at 100 miles an hour and hit the wall with the might of my ego and insecurities. A couple of nights ago marked a turning point as I picked myself up from my crash and decided to attempt to move beyond the wall. I want to share that experience with you. But before I do, I'd love you to sign up for my newsletter if you haven't done so already by registering on my website at www.almostenlightened.life. It occurred to me the other night that walls, the metaphorical kind, are nothing more than lessons that must be learned. In fact, I toyed with the concept that a wall and a goal are one and the same. Let me explain that. We typically set goals because we want to accomplish something. Actually, let me rewind just a little bit and talk about goals for a moment. There are three different types of goals in my mind. The first one is a continuation goal. Things you've accomplished before but still need to do, like... I've got to get to the grocery store before I cook dinner tonight. Well, getting to the grocery store is a goal. It's easy enough to accomplish, and you'll do it if and when you decide to do it. It's just the continuation of your life, kind of like assuming your salary will be the same next year or the year after. Those are continuation goals. Then there's what I like to call the shuffle goal. This is when you shuffle things around to attain your objective. For example, maybe you want to buy a new car, but you don't have an influx of new money to buy that car. So you shuffle things around to make it happen. No more dinner date nights for the next year. No more going out to the movies. You'll skip the family vacation this year. And if you've done all that, you'll have enough extra money to buy that car. So you move things around to accomplish your goal without attracting or earning the extra money to purchase the car. In other words, you shuffled things around just to make it happen. And then there are worthy goals. These are the bigger ones that require resources, effort, and God only knows what to accomplish them. Most of the time, you set the goal and you have no idea how you're going to accomplish it. That's the kind of goal I'm going to liken to a wall. When we set a worthy goal, we do so because we're motivated. There's a desire within us that's pushing us to set a course. The goal is our destination. The worthier or larger the goal, the further off in the distance it appears. Still majestic, but just a little dot through your binoculars. And at that distance, there's not too much to be afraid of. Your goal is miles away. But you decide that you're going to pursue it and attain it. You take some first steps and realize that you're on your way. The more serious you get about accomplishing your goal, the bigger steps you take. Now you're motivated because you're moving closer to your goal and at a greater speed. Depending on the size of your goal, you may realize its enormity the closer you get to it. I grew up on the west coast of Canada, just a little bit south of the North Shore mountain range. From my bedroom window, the North Shore Mountains were spectacularly inviting and entirely scalable. But take a drive to the base of those mountains and you're met with a tower so big and so seemingly unscalable that it's daunting to say the least. 
Similarly, I was on a phone call with a friend just yesterday, and he was telling me about his days as an avid mountain bike jumper. Oftentimes, he'd scope out his next big jump and build up the courage to take it. He told me that it was easy to make the decision to take the jump from a distance. So he'd pedal toward the jump, and the closer he got, the more scary and bigger the jump became. A million thoughts would go through his mind in the split seconds before hitting that jump. Visions of a massive wipeout would crisscross with visions of a smooth landing. The more he focused on the wipeout, the greater the chance of that outcome. But the more he focused on the smooth landing, the likelier that outcome. Regardless, something interesting happens as we get closer to our big goals. I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and read lots of material on personal development. From time to time, someone will make the comment about the amount of people that quit the pursuit of their worthy goals just before attaining them. The goal setter had no idea just how close they were to their objective before they gave up. Could this be because the goal is also the wall? Is that what goals are? Are goals merely walls? I want you to imagine the following picture in your mind. You're a mile away from a hundred-foot wall that stands between you and your destination. From what you can barely see and what you can imagine, behind the wall is a landscape so spectacular, so colorful, so inviting, so full of life, and so perfect that you desire to experience it by getting there. From where you stand a mile away, the wall and some of the glory behind it can be seen because your field of view is so massive. Beyond it, you can see the glistening peaks of trees that shimmer in the sunlight. You can see colorful birds that sing and fly from tree to tree. You've never seen anything quite like it. You can even hear the distant sound of music so sweet that you long to be there to enjoy it. So you begin walking toward the wall. As you get closer, the wall appears to get taller because from where you stand, the wall begins to take up more of your field of view. Move back from the wall and it seems smaller, but move closer and it gets bigger. Do you see what I mean? Getting back to that concept of getting so close to attaining our objective and then giving up, Sometimes I feel like I can put my hand on the wall and be so close to the other side of it, yet so far away from getting over it. Anyone looking down on me or watching me in a movie would be yelling at the top of their lungs, dude, you are so close. It's right there, right on the other side. But of course, I can't see that from my point of view. All I can see and feel is the enormity of a massive wall that's right in front of my nose. I'm nearly oblivious to how far I've come, what I endured to get to the wall, how much I learned, how much I grew, how beautifully painful the journey was. I'm literally right there. Have you ever watched an insect try to get over an obstacle in its way? Imagine a twig in front of a small beetle. The beetle bumps up against the twig and then it backs up. It tries again and bumps into the twig. It backs up again and tries a little to the right. Still, it's blocked by the twig. 
As someone observing this interaction, I can plainly see that if the beetle were to travel a few centimeters to the left, it would get around the twig. But the beetle doesn't figure this out, and after many attempts to get past the twig, it simply turns around and goes back the way it came. People must do this all the time with their goals and their walls. So this begs the next question, what's a goal? Is it the wall or the enchanted landscape behind it? Let me tell you something that one of my mentors said to me. He said, goals aren't meant to achieve, they're meant to grow. So was he talking about the wall growing or the beauty of the enchanted landscape growing into something even more beautiful? Well, I've got my answer, but I'm not going to share it just yet. Instead, I'm going to talk to you about the path to the wall for a while. When I set out on this journey to the wall, I was steadfast at getting there and surmounting it. My route wasn't always evident. In fact, it seldom was. I had to do a lot of trailblazing, cutting my own path, using a machete to clear weeds and vines that were in my way. Man, I fell so many times bruising and cutting myself. I got lost, went days without food sometimes, encountered predatory species, got sick, slept in the snow, but never considered turning back. Yeah, sure, the thought crossed my mind, but I rejected it every single time. And then there were days when the sun shone on my skin. Days when I stumbled upon fields of flowers so beautiful and so remarkably unexpected that they were a miracle, a sign that I was going in the right direction. I met people on my journey that helped me, gave me some warm food and offered encouragement. I'd like to share a few words from one of those people that has helped me. This is a note she sent me. Sorry to hear you've been a little down in the past few weeks, but you are right. This is part of the process, and it's sometimes in the down moments you learn the most about yourself, and that's when you grow. I'm just so dang proud of you for all you've accomplished, and I'm anxiously awaiting to be almost enlightened again. Ha! I've missed your podcast and have checked each week to see what you have in store for us. You are such a beautiful human being and a blessing to so many around you. My hopes and prayers for you are to have many more up days than down days in the coming weeks. So is there anything more nourishing than those words? I don't think so. On this journey, whenever I've needed help, it's appeared. Like a miracle. This is why I won't turn back. And this is how I've gotten to the wall. So when I hit the wall a couple of weeks ago, it hurt. I felt embarrassed that I'd fallen so hard. I hit the wall with so much speed that it nearly paralyzed me. In fact, it did for a couple of days. For all intents and purposes, I was paralyzed. I didn't want to get up. I just wanted to lay down and have everything disappear. The collision, just like my friend's mountain bike jumping experience, was facilitated by the last-minute fears and insecurities that went through my mind as I made the final approach. 
I lost the vision of getting over the wall and instead watched myself smash right into it. Just like a bad wipeout when you're skiing, when your two skis are spread across the slope, your ski poles are 20 feet behind you, your goggles are filled with snow, your helmet's next to a tree down the slope, a complete yard sale, as one of my brothers would say. I could see my stuff scattered everywhere. Only the stuff I'm referring to are my doubts, my ego, and my insecurities. But you know what? I was supposed to hit that wall. I was supposed to hit it so hard that every insecurity would be exposed. And boy, were they ever. What a realization. What a humbling moment. As I lay on the ground, stuff scattered everywhere, I knew that I had some choices. Instinctually, I began to pick up my stuff. And that was a mistake. You see, what I was picking up was my ego. I should have left it right where it lay. But we're conditioned by years of habit, and though I know better, I still felt compelled to pick some of it up. And that's okay. But there are a few insecurities that I'm going to leave behind. I'm not even going to bother picking them up. The fear of criticism is one of those things, although I'm aware that I've picked up a few pieces of that too, although not all of it. So here I am, still at the wall. As feeling comes back to my mind and my body, I can hear the sound of the birds behind the wall. I can touch the wall and feel the energy of what's on the other side. Actually, I can feel the energy of what's on my side too. I'm sitting down now with my back resting on the beautiful wall and the late afternoon sun is warming me. I could stay here for a while. I'm actually enjoying this. I'm here. I'm truly here. At my destination. Unlike the bike jump. Unlike the twig. Unlike the mountain. My wall is only in my mind. It's completely up to me if I want to obliterate it or leave it up. I suspect that in obliterating walls, there will be other ones. I suspect that the beauty that's on the other side of the wall my back is resting upon is nothing compared to the beauty beyond the next wall and the one after that too. I suspect that someone is forging their own path in the opposite direction as me, and that our hands nearly touched as we felt the wall at the same time. Me wondering what's on the other side of the wall, and this other person wondering the same thing. I will experience the beauty on the other side of the wall, and so too will the person moving to my side. And this is why I'm going to rest for a while because my side of the wall is equally as beautiful as what's on the other side. When the wall finally comes down, both sides will become one. There never really was anything separating the two worlds. Perhaps as easy as I make it sound, I realize that it is and it isn't. 
As of today, the wall hasn't come down. I still have more to learn. I still have more gear to lose as I hit more walls. And I'm okay with that. Because wherever I've been, it's been beautiful. Sometimes scary, but always beautiful. As to that previous question of whether the worthy goal is a wall or the enchanted landscape beyond the wall, I think it's interesting to figure out that walls go up when we make worthy goals. Those walls are important. They're necessary in our journey because they require contemplation, examination, and study. The wall is truly a mirror. In examining ourselves in the reflection of the mirror, we realize that we are the mirror. We are the wall. It turns out that I'm the only obstacle in my way. But hang on. In that same reflection, I can see the beauty of the path I just traveled upon. If I'm the wall, the mirror, and my reflection, what then is the landscape? I think you know the answer to that question. With every part of my being, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for taking this journey with me. I appreciate you.